Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Awards 2015 for a special edition of Talking TV. Producer Matt and I are stationed at a packed Grosvenor House for the 20th annual broadcast celebration of the telly industry's finest minds and moments of the past 12 months. We'll be backstage to bring you reactions from some of the big winners and hopefully a drunken tale or two. So, charge your glasses and enjoy the show. Now people think working in TV is easy, it's just a bit of fun. But everyone here tonight knows that what we do is hard. Who's the real hero? The nurse who contracts Ebola in West Africa, <laughs> narrowly escapes death and then flies back out there, continue the flight. Or is it the exec producer? <laughs> who gets handed a caramel latte with regular milk when they ask the soya and doesn't even hit the runner. So our host David Williams is warming up the audience before getting down to business. Uh, we'll name the Channel of the Year and the Indie of the Year amid a flurry of awards. But we also have a special gong to celebrate our 20th birthday. Every one of the 1,300 tele execs in this room will vote for the best broadcast award-winning show of the past 20 years. It means anything from The Office to Life on Mars and Man on Wire could walk away with a prize tonight. We'll be right here to catch up with the winners. I'm Richard Cowles, executive producer of Saturday Night Takeaway. Uh, I'm Shu. I'm one of the executive producers on the show. So you've just won for a second year in a row. Tell, tell us how you're feeling. Very excited. Very excited. It's, it's fantastic because we try and be very uh, innovative on the show and try and keep the ideas very, very fresh. And I think um, it's really, really satisfying for the judges to say that they've noticed that and to see the, how fresh that the show is. And we're constantly trying to push ourselves. So what's the secret to the success? Anne and Deck. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's an ideas machine, isn't it? Who's coming up with all those ideas? I think we it's all fun. are, everybody. We all are. But especially, and especially the boys. It's a very, very collaborative show, and I think it shows. Don't shoot. You, you've just done the deal in the US, haven't you? We have. Oh yeah, we're doing the show in America. America. Uh, yeah, so that goes to show. The show's been going 12 years. I was there at the beginning. And to think that now it's going to happen in the States with Neil Patrick Harris, people. The guy is doing the Oscars and then he's going to do our show. Unbelievable. How did it all come about? Well, we went over, went over with Denise O'Donoghue to pitch the show. Thelma and Denise, we called ourselves. And... Um, you know what? We pitched it to all the networks and they all wanted it. And then when we got Neil, who loved the show, he saw everyone loved the show. Then it was just, we got a 10 series episode order. It's the stuff that dreams are made of. And listen, who knows? But we're going to give it a go. Fantastic. Sounds like good times. Congratulations yeah, thank you to you all. Thank you very much. Thank you. So we, we, we've got John Motson and uh, Mark Coles from the BBC uh, just celebrating Match of the Day Special Recognition Award. Why, what, what, what does it mean to you guys that the show's been going 50 years? Well, I think it's the, um, if, if I dare say so, it, it's the sort of traditional landmark football programme which started in 1964. It's been going all that time, uh, sometimes live, sometimes recorded highlights. But the nation, I think, thinks of Saturday nights as being match of the day time and Mark's come in as the main man on the football and over the last two years because we've now grown into match of the day two on a Sunday 
we're getting an audience over the whole weekend of somewhere now eight or nine million. I think that's a big compliment to the football fans, never mind the match of the day team. Why do you think it's so enduring? I think it's, it's, it's a phenomenon really, that, that it's the only sport where people really want to watch highlights. You look at highlights audiences of other sports and they're down the sort of low 500,000s, but as Motti said, match of the day getting sort of eight or nine million every weekend. It's just phenomenal really, and I think it's about the brand, it's about the production, it's about condensing everything in a Saturday night into 90 minutes and just showing people the football. And we've tried to evolve the show, we've tried to put added extras on, but we've remained true to what it's all about the match today, which is the football. Have you liked some of the technological changes? Yeah, I, th I think it's, that's probably been the biggest change, really. I mean, I don't commentate very differently to what I did in the 70s, but the support mechanism behind it has grown immensely. I mean, the number of different replays we get now, the angles, the way the boys go into the videotape suite on a Saturday night and reveal something that nobody else has seen. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And... Um, I think maybe what Gary Lineker said once, um, which I agree with, is that you might miss a lot of football if you've got other things to do over the weekend, but as long as you watch Match of the Day, you've got the whole thing wrapped up. And you're here till 2019, Mark. It's been a perfect 12 months for us, really. When you think about it, we've had a fantastic World Cup. We've had 50th anniversary of Match of the Day. We've had live FA Cup football back on the BBC. And we've got a, a new contract to deliver Premier League football to 2019. And a broadcast award. What, what more could you ask for? Tell us about the deal. How, how did it all come about? What, what were you pushing for when you were talking to the Premier League? I think we were pushing on, on the, our audiences, our reputation and our ability to deliver what we can on a Saturday and Sunday night. We've had some new ideas as well, we've got an exciting new proposition around a midweek show so you get the whole sort of seven days and people are talking about Premier League football and about match of the day and it's very exciting but it, I think we're going on that, what we've delivered and, and those audiences that watch our programmes. And also Mark started a new idea, Sunday lunchtime, match of the day extra when I think a lot of people didn't realise there was a gap there for those people who watched the programme but wanted a little bit of insight into what had gone on. And that also has been a great success. Can you give us a flavour of what the midweek show will look like or is it a bit too early? It's a bit too early, but we've got a lot of exciting ideas. We've had a few few sort of pilots and a few taster tape things. But yeah, I think I think we'll, we'll basically look at our, our record in sports journalism and try and bring a different edge to, to Premier League football in midweek. And we're really looking forward to it. And just finally, a cheeky little question. Are you going to be sharing Gary with, uh, with BT? Gary's very happy doing match today and we, we hope he'll be doing it until 2019. We really do. A true diplomat. Thank you. Hello, I'm Paul Whitehouse of Harry and Paul, 50 years of BBC Two. <laughs> something like that, I Yes. Something like okay, that. I'm Brad Adams, and producer from Balloon. Hello, I'm Harry Enfield and I did Story of the Twos. Thank you, Harry, for reminding me of the title of the piece that we just won an award for. <laughs> Come on in, which of the tele-execs did you enjoy sending up the most? He was best, Yentob. I enjoyed doing Yentob, but I mean, it's not a very accurate impersonation. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely perfect. It's bang on. <laughs> I think Jonathan Oxford Cambridge was, was a star performance. Which one was he? Jonathan Cambridge, Jonathan Oxford. They were. They were. I was there. Who were you? Which one were you? I was Porky Peacock. Well, Porky yeah, yeah. Peacock was yeah, the we best. Are, yeah. And uh, well, there's rumours that you're going to do a 25th anniversary special of, of your anniversary. Yeah, it's, it's like an eclipse show of us with us taking the piss out of ourselves and things. Yeah, it's just like a, a marvellous celebration of us. Yeah. It's going to be in the form of an audience with with us as the audience, really. But marvellous. It's wonderful. It really is quite tremendous we haven't written it yet so, <laughs> so there's going to be some original stuff in there well yes we're going to do some original stuff and and introduce old clips you know from the last 25 years 
of our glittering career. He wants to, he's got to go now. It's time to have his bag changed. Come along. Go on, Harry, Harry, quick plug for Balloon. Balloon Entertainment is our lovely production company. And if anyone's got humorous scripts and things they want to make, or dramas or anything, come to Balloon Entertainment. I wittily call it Lead Balloon. <laughs> I am Sam, the series producer, Sam Beddes. Andy Devonshire, uh, series director. I'm Mary Berry, a judge. Who needs no introduction. Congratulations, guys. Tell us, what's the secret of Bake Off's success? I think that we have introduced baking to families, the whole family watch, from grandparents right down to the youngest. It's brought families together and they are baking. Whenever I talk to anyone in telly about Bake Off, they always talk about the sort of hypnosis in the process of actually making the goods. How, what, to what extent do you go to try and capture that and explain it properly and thoroughly? We also do a masterclass after the Bake Off, so everybody can achieve the same as we do at home. We explain it in detail. And those recipes, the, the things are in the cupboard. They can do it on a rainy day and it doesn't cost too much. And what about the casting as well? Because that's crucial, isn't it? I think casting's at the heart of it. I mean, I think the secret to it is the reality of everything that goes into it. It's how people actually... It's people celebrating a skill, like Mary and Paul demonstrate the skill and, and the people reflect that. I think that's the heart of the whole thing. It's make, making something real and making it actually mean something. And what's been nice over the last five years is someone's had the bake-off effect in that the application forms have gone up and the standard has gone up every single year. And they're inspired by watching Mary and Paul show them how they do the inner secrets. So every year the standard goes up with the casting. And we, every time we have the application forms that have show the photos of what they've tried from the last series. And so each year the people who apply actually challenge us to raise the standard as well. And uh, you were the biggest original show on telly last year. Could you have expected that after the move to BBC One? I think it was very exciting. <laughs> but I, I think it is one of the real shows on television. There's nothing nasty. I think people relate to it. And they know that every child can watch it. And if they can't stay up late enough, um, they see it on iPlayer. Yes. Tell us, uh, how does it feel to win the Timeline TV Awards? It feels, uh, the what? <laughs> it feels it's exactly the same as when we won lots of other awards for The Office. Uh, it's a unique thrill I've lived all my life. I can't believe that finally this little show we made on BBC Two has been recognised after all these years. I thought it had been forgotten, but sadly, no. Telly execs love it, clearly. Do they? Uh, that's nice. They clearly work in offices a bit like that. And they recognise that a show that has a Pratt as a star is worth honouring. You don't seem massively surprised? I'm shocked, frankly. <laughs> I'm in complete shock that a show as underrated as The Office sadly wasn't has become uh, the capo di capi of, of shows tonight. In all seriousness, though, has it, has it sort of defined your career? No, no, it no, it hasn't. It hasn't. No, if anything has defined my career, it's uh, I suppose AbFab came before it, so AbFab defined my career more than The Office did. But I'm glad I was the guy who uh, listened to Rick and Stephen and said yes rather than no. Fantastic. Well, thanks for your time and congrats That's on the award. All right. Indie of the Year went to Love Productions, and here's Creative Director Richard McCarrow. 
a bit like factual programming, you never really see it coming. I mean, I remember the week leading up to Benefit Street being transmitted. I think I emailed Jay Hunt and I said, Jesus, did you have to put it up against two new dramas? And the next day I didn't even look for the ratings. I think Kieran called me and said, it's got four and a half, nearly five million. I nearly fell off my chair. You know, I mean, you just, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and then also, I mean, who could have predicted that, you know, a baking show would get a 50% audience share in the final and, you know, you work for this and, uh, but it doesn't necessarily happen. But what, yeah. What's been your particular highlight? Uh, I suppose, you know, the highlight is the combination of, of doing, you know, a big show on BBC One uh, and, and, you know, I used to work at Channel 4. That was where I, you know, I learned a lot of my career. So to be able to deliver them, you know, a series that I feel immensely proud of that was about poverty in Britain, that was shining the light on it, that was our first ever actual straight doc observational documentary series. And it, for, to, for it to rate in that way was incredibly gratifying. And tell us about the deal with Sky. Why, why was that important? Um, you know, we felt, you know, we've been going 10 years and I think we were very lucky with the timing, you know, Yes, we, we thought this was the right moment to take it up, you know, to take it up to a next level, but we didn't imagine it would all come together in the way it did. I think the other exciting thing for us about Sky is they've never bought a British indie before. And we, we pride ourselves on making programmes that are groundbreaking. And in a way, going with a company that for the first time was buying someone is very exciting. And, you know, look, it's early days, but so far it's been a you know it's been a really good experience what will they unlock for you is it is america the ambition is that is that where you're headed next um, it's a good question no i mean you know the ambition is to carry on you know to to grab the other 50 percent of the country that haven't watched bake off uh you know <laughs> to, 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 yeah to, to, to deliver you know equally big series for itv to do the same for sky no my main ambition is to make new programs that break genre and, and, and feel groundbreaking. Uh, yeah, and America is still a place where we've, we have done some network shows, but we haven't really yet achieved that holy grail of the returning series. And yeah, you just take on the next challenge as it comes. At the end of the day, we're in a business where if someone brings you an exciting idea and you think, my God, can you put that on television? You just got to follow that. It's, that's what it's about. We're a, we're a creative industry. We like to think we're a creative company and you just want to break new, you know, that's what gets the juices going. Well, congratulations on the award and enjoy the rest of the night. Thank you very much indeed. Cheers. I'm Dominic Treadwell-Collins, executive producer of EastEnders. I'm Sue Mather, the line producer of EastEnders. Uh, I'm James Payne, one of the writers of EastEnders. Uh, Dominic, another week, another award. We're doing okay. We're doing okay at the moment. We've, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're turning it around a bit. You don't want to get smug. What's better, this or the NTA? Oh, we've got to say this. We've got to say this. But actually, this is this is quicker and easier, and you can drink during it, which I think is, is always nice. So, what, what's pleased you about this year? These, uh, this episode in particular is a really special one to us. So James, I mean, James, do you want to say, oh, we've got Adam here. Oh, what? Sorry, I've got why I've got why is this one special, this episode? This episode special, what, episode 4842? Um, yeah. What an anorak, he knows the episode number. Um, James, James wrote a brilliant, brilliant script. He made my job so easy. I mean, Dominic's team came up with a storyline. It's been brilliant. We've had a fantastic year with it. It's given everybody something to do because the fingers pointed at everyone, the grief's affected everyone, and we've only got a couple of weeks to go and we'll um, find out what happened.
Uh, it always strikes me as being such a challenge on soaps, keeping them fresh and coming out with new ideas. How do you go about that? We have some very, very clever people working for us. We have some very clever writers and some, some great storyliners, and we just keep throwing ideas up in the air and saying, OK, what do you expect, and then how can we take it a different way? And so far, we're doing that. And tell us about some of the big events coming up. No, 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 no. two weeks' time. It's two weeks' time, anniversary week. When we pull it off, I'm going to say when, I keep getting told of saying if. When we pull it off, when we pull it off, not so when we pull it off. When we pull it off, it's going to be amazing. When we pull it off, it'll be amazing. Yeah, a couple more glasses and he'll tell you you did it. No, no, no. <laughs> and just quickly, you're moving into, well, you're building a new set at Austria, aren't you? How's that going? What will that, what will that enable you to do? Do you know what, at the moment, at the moment we've gone, do you know, it's a few years ahead. And they, they, we had a meeting the other day and we said, do you know what, that's four years away. That meeting isn't urgent. The meeting on the live episode, the live week in two weeks' time, that's a bit more important. So the lot move is, is at the back of our heads at the moment, isn't it? So. One for the future, yeah. yeah can, can I ask a question? Where are we going to park the cars? Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Everyone's very concerned about where, we're going to, where they're going to park their cars on the set. That's the biggest where, question. Where are they? Where are they? Watford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was the team from EastEnders who took home best soap on the night. Uh, and as you heard, they were rudely interrupted by Adam Woodgett, who plays Ian Beale. And finally, one of the biggest awards of the night uh, is Channel of the Year. Uh, it, of course, went to BBC One, and I caught up with Charlotte Moore, the BBC One controller. You never expect that, do you? But it's been a brilliant year, and I have to say, in drama, factual, comedy, entertainment, and I'm really proud of all the fantastic programmes that we've, we've got out there on the channel, so really pleased. Do you feel like you're starting to you know, put your stamp on the channel now? Yeah, I mean, you know, it takes a while, doesn't it, to really understand what, you know, your strategy for the channel. But um, no, I'm really enjoying it. And as I say, you know, I work with these brilliant people who keep bringing me brilliant ideas. So what's not to love? You've had the standout creative hits in Bake Off and, you know, Happy Valley. But you've also had an extremely consistent year for ratings. What, what's been behind that? Look, I think, you know, BBC One's always been that mix of shows that have been there for a long time. Take EastEnders, you know, that Dominic Treadwell-Collins has been so hugely responsible for making this kind of absolutely stalwart show that is at the top of its game. You know, when you have a show like that, that is on week in, week out, that gives that ballast to the channel that when you bring in those new hits, you know, you've already got people watching. And I don't underestimate those big returnable shows like Countryfile, Antiques Roadshow, Apprentice. You know, they're all brilliant. And it's giving us that um, real opportunity to take creative risks. And uh, tell us about some of the stuff you've got coming up. What are the highlights? What are you looking forward to this year? Um, we've got Prize Depart, our big new entertainment show. We've got Casual Vacancy, J.K. Rowling's new show. We've got Pole Dark. We've got Ordinary Lies, Danny Brocklehurst's new show. So a real range. Uh, we've got Kay Van Novak's new comedy, Sun Trap. Um, uh, you know, we've, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a really exciting spring. Does this send a, a little message to some of your critics of the BBC Trust, maybe? <laughs> We're all absolutely dedicated on BBC One to reaching our audience and making the very best programmes of the highest quality for the broadest audience. And honestly, that's what we're trying to do. The great thing is when a channel feels like they've got all this great programming is you really can take risks. And I think you only have to look across the past year to see all the risks that we have taken. You know, Common, I mean, that was an extraordinary one-off. I'm British delighted one that that has been, you know, as one tonight because I think those brilliant author pieces where people really put themselves out to tell a story that wouldn't get told, you know, and we managed to do that on EastEnders. You know, we're taking risks. I mean, that live week, what's not <laughs> to be scared about about that, Tom? And then you look at Happy Valley, you know, and you go, that was a, an incredible piece that no one, I don't think the audience knew what was coming. And there came this extraordinary storytelling. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's been a great year. Congratulations. Enjoy the rest of the night. Thanks, Dave.
Shankly Chris. And if you think Chris looks familiar, he was, of course, the inspiration for the character of Christian Grey in Fifty Shades of Grey. So we're here with the lead character from Fifty Shades of Grey. David Williams is very kind in describing me as such, but he's clearly never... I'm much more uh, a grey cup of tea than I am Fifty Shades of Grey, but uh, anyway. Uh, of course, it's the editor of Broadcast, Chris Curtis. Thanks, Jake. It's been a good night, hasn't it? We've had, uh, we've had uh, approximately, and this is, this is just an approximate figure, 1,317 people here at the Broadcast Awards this evening. You know, a lot of people come out to hear what the juries who work for broadcast think are the best shows, the best production companies, the best channels and the best post companies in the industry. It felt like the winners went down well in the room, didn't it? Yeah, I hope so. There's always a bit of nervousness around that. I think for Love, Love Productions, uh, Love's always been a controversial indie. It's been a, a company where they've made shows that have caused controversy, made a lot of noise. This year, they delivered the biggest show in British television outside of the World Cup for BBC One in Great British Bake Off. They delivered Channel 4's best show of the year in Benefit Street. And whatever your feelings about love as a company, this year when they sold to Sky for a deal that we think could value them at £50 million, you've got to say they had a fantastic commercial year, they had a great creative year, and they were probably a standout candidate to be Indie of the Year. And BBC One picked up a lot of awards as well. It did. You know, the Channel of the Year was much closer. It was very tight. It was hard to see who might, who might win. For BBC One, you look at drama as a standout genre. You look at Happy Valley. You look at Common. Drama series and drama single of the year. Uh, they had the World Cup. They did a very, very good job on that. Their entertainment is consistent. Their comedy is mainstream. They've done very well. EastEnders is really back on form. They've had a great year. And the Timeline TV Award, of course, went to the office, which uh, I, I have to say I wasn't massively surprised by. The Broadcast Awards have been going for 20 years, and there's a, there's a pride in that. We're, you know, we're proud of the longevity of the awards. And over the course of those 20 years, great winners, fantastic winners of, in every genre. Ten of those were put forward this evening. 1,300 TV professionals in the room voted for. Very close, an interesting vote. You know, Brass Eye, Big Brother, hugely influential shows. For The Office to win out, I think that was uh, that was fitting. It really, um, it made a really important statement in comedy. It moved away from the um, multi-camera studio format to the single camera comedy format of, of current times and uh, a show that I personally love. And a few words from John Motson. I mean, what, what could be better? <laughs> uh, Motty's a legend, isn't he? Uh, there are a few football fans on the broadcast editorial team. And, and Jermaine Genus was with them. Of course, Spurs legend, Jermaine Genus. I would describe him as Spurs player. But yeah, Motty, Motty a great commentator. Match of the day, uh, a fantastic programme, 50 years on television. And um, yeah, a fantastic night celebrating the best of British television. And I'm afraid that is your lot from the Broadcast Awards. We're retiring to the bar for the rest of the night. Congratulations to all the winners, and I hope you enjoyed listening to some of their stories. We'll be back in a fortnight's time from our Maple Street Studios base, when we hope you'll be able to join us again. Until then, I've been Jake Cantor, and the producer was Matt Hill. Goodbye for now. <laughs>